Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Slam Cogcast. It is I Slam Cognito and bro. There's been some things happening this week. But it seemed not all happening like the past 72 hours. We don't know. But we'll get right on into it, I guess. Um But kicking things off, just to give you a slight update to remind you that anime reviews will become a separate series on the channel. We will be making a separate video for it, aside from the podcast video, doubling up the content for you guys and spreading things around to make the podcast more digestible and the anime can get its own separate shine time. And eventually I'll be able to fizzle the whole podcast out to guest hosts and just use the game reviews and the anime reviews as a separate series as well. And that's how we're going to try to grow towards so that's the direction that we're going with the channel uh let me know what you all think and uh give me some suggestions in what you would like to see in the comments all right let's kick this thing off with uh just to let you know like i said quick update um we've completed the first three seasons of attack on titan we are now in current territory and we can get completely caught up with the anime with its final season already out and i'm not completely behind so it looks like i get to join everybody else with the latest released episodes and i'm just in time so here we are uh attack on titan we're having a good fucking time i was hyped you have no idea i was so excited bro listen let me tell you something i was so excited i adopted i adopted a british accent for no reason during those fucking fight scenes it was insane like, I'm over here, they're like, good lord, mate, I can't believe he's daunting day again with his crazy self to battle. Like, like, I'm just over here making the worst accent. So, anyway, still, um, we're going to go ahead and kick things off the way we know how. We won't get into the anime right now. That's for the later video. Now, um, first... Let's talk about what I've been playing this week. So I dived in on my first time playing A Hat in Time after watching a friend play it. And it's actually very interesting, super fun. Takes me back to the good old days where platformers were not gay and kids didn't mind pressing X to get from one place and get to the end. Like, it's, it's, it's like, how can I say this without sounding like a boomer? Basically, I miss my third i miss my 3d platformers and i don't you don't have anything to scratch that itch too often with the same level of polish and quality and love put into its development like a like i had in time and i can only compare it to the likes well really directly compared to like um super mario sunshine and to tell you when i tell you that i've been wanting to scratch the itch of playing a 3d platformer i emulated sunshine Mario Sunshine about, I want to say three weeks, three or four weeks, maybe a month ago. And the only reason I couldn't finish playing it is because I played it too much as a kid. <laughs> like I, like as soon as I like started and I got the flood and I was exploring, it's been so long that even though Delfino Plaza looks nice, still has a great atmosphere, beautiful music and everything, it still feels small and it felt old. And it made me feel old. And I don't like to feel old. So, yeah, that was out of the question. Now, the main thing that I had to worry about when looking to scratch this itch was finding something that was fresh but with the same feel. 
And it would have been a fever dream to sit back and just hope for something like that. But turns out that something like that already exists and it was great. And I love it, bro. Like, that shit, wow. Like, to be real with you, like, if you really think about it, like, A Hat in Time is a good-ass game. It's got great platform mechanics, super responsive controls, lots of options for customization, incentive for exploration, unlockable content. It's it's great so far. I'm loving it. I'm still on the first world fucking around with the Mafia, but it feels good just to run around in that world. Like, I would run around in that first stage and just platform and shit on, like, the first two or three stages until I get gassed enough to just be, you know... Do something else, you know what I'm saying? I just, I found myself relaxing and playing it. Turning my brain off for a minute. Because, of course, you know, when you become an Apex God, and you just love shooters so damn much, all you, like, you live for that rush, the high of... Sometimes I get my squad killed because I live for the high of activating my ultimate and just jumping in a 3v1. Because I know that I'm going to win that 3v1 80% 80% of the time, you know, and it's a good feeling when I do. So, yeah, that's the serotonin that keeps me cooking. Um, hmm, I like that. That's a, that's that's what keeps me cooking. Anywho's, let's jump into the next thing. Um, now, another thing that I've been playing aside from a hat in time, uh, for some reason I booted up this uh, The Shadow of Tomb Raider on the PS4 because... Of course, it's the only one I haven't played out of the series yet since I played all of the previous Tomb Raiders. And when I say all, I mean all of the mainline entries, not like Temple of Osiris and, you know, all the side shit or Tomb Raider Go. Um, so I can't say if those are good or bad, though, but it wasn't really what I was looking for when I wanted new Tomb Raider content back in 2007 and 2009. So, yeah, just saying it like that. Um... But yeah, I hadn't really gone beyond, I don't think I've gone beyond the tutorial era completely. Like, I've done a bit of tutorial stuff, but I just I just booted it up. I just felt like it. I don't know why. Which I would rather play something like Guacamelee 2, because I want to see what happened in the sequel. But I played the first one way back in like 2015. So yeah, um, let's see, what do we got here? So guess what else that I've been playing too, and you won't believe it. For some reason, I've just been starting other games, especially since I know that I want to, you know, finish Dundara on stream, which it has been incredibly busy for me and the reason why I hadn't been streaming. I've, I've had to go out of town and film shows and things and do photography stuff. So, yeah, um, just hit me with a good uh, recommendation that I can stick with, probably, because as long as I got this backlog, we're just going to go through the list. But for some reason, I started up Half-Life 2 because I played it years ago, but did not finish it. I did not officially beat Half-Life 2. I beat Half-Life 1, though, but not officially 2. All right, let's turn the phone off. That's just great timing right there. Just amazing. Anywho, so yeah, uh, Half-Life 2. Really, the weirdest feel about Half-Life 2 and those those Source games from then, I feel the age but I don't feel the age. Like, I feel the age of the the texturization, the lighting. I feel the age of the audio limitations. I feel the age of the frame rate. I feel the age of the loading screens for each section. 
because of old RAM and loading limitations and the old source engines and limitations itself. But it's not so bad. Like, not even on a nostalgic level. It feels, gameplay-wise, it just feels okay. The sounds and the sound effects for the guns are very underwhelming, but iconic. So, but still, this game, it just feels... Half-Life 2 is like... Half-Life 2 is like a pepperoni pizza, bro. Sure, you know it's the basic thing, but you can't really get tired of it, no matter how old it gets, because it still does what it does good. And sad to say, there's not many out there that does it like it, you know? There's a reason the Source Engine was famous for so long for being one of the tightest and most flexible, but not many other um, open engines out there, you know? On its on on par with it at least, so I I, I can kind of see why it aged sort of gracefully, but it works. Maybe it's because I'm still used to Team Fortress 2. Maybe it's because of that. I don't know, but it feels good. Anyway, I don't know why I tried to parse that for so long. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, let's talk about that Apex new season, shall we? Cause it's been beautiful. It's been delicious. It's been great. Apex's new season has been something that I just can't do without. It's like since this is my first battle pass in last season, um, and I joined up, uh, got the battle pass for this season. Hopefully, I'll never have to buy another. And Fuse is actually kind of broken. He he has a bit much. Um, I've used him a handful of times though, because by the time right before he came out, I just got done buying all the champions again, all of the legends again. So. I now have everybody, and I had to save up a few Apex coins to go ahead and grab him. But I've had him for a few days now, and he's alright. Real kind of broken though. Like if you know how to use him smart and and and, and work your brain power, little taste, you could be pretty good at him. Um, I love peppering rooftops that have uh, team fights going on with the edge of my ult and just burning everybody. It's a beautiful thing to behold. Um. Also, people that you're chasing or people chasing you, his Q is super useful for. And his grenade shit is busted. Now, the the gold magazines, I thought they were going to be OP. I, what I thought when I watched the trailer, the, con the impression that I was under was you get to shoot and not have to reload at all. But to the contrary, you actually have to reload, but it will only automatically reload your gun if it's stowed away. So say if you have the gun away while popping a phoenix, or say you just put them away to start running, you're not going to be caught lacking because it's going to automatically reload for you and you just got to pull it out and just start shooting. But as useful as that is, I'm the only reason that I'm underwhelmed is because I thought it was way worse than what it was. So yeah, it's pretty broken. Uh, not broken, excuse me. Ugh, I don't know why I've gotten to the habit of calling things busted, but it's pretty good and balanced, and it's not that bad, and it can give an edge. The main thing about balance with Apex is items have to have passive. Um, what's what I'm looking for? Passive uh, effects that give you an upper hand or during times of common disadvantage when it comes to survival you know like not having a full clip not having fully charged shields or being able to survive 
25 more damage, you know? And it's good shit. And I don't mind that. So, yeah. uh, Been enjoying the new Apex, man. Been playing shit out of that 30-30 repeater, though. I got a clip. Oh, I got a fucking clip for y'all this week at the end of the YouTube version of the podcast. For those who are listening, uh, if you do watch it on YouTube, you do get special clips. And you get gameplay throughout the entire video with my ugly mug on there if it comes from the stream. And as well, funny clips always at the end of every single video each week from my gameplay endeavors. Either funny or interesting or some sort. Um, Yeah. So... Without further ado, let's get into the news. Now, the first thing on the docket is the biggest news here. We're going to get it out of the way first because this is something that just happened today. And kind of glad that I delayed the podcast recording until later in the afternoon because of this. Um, apparently, over on Twitter, by the Twitter handler Demilogic, a guy by the name of Andrew Spinks, who is the developer of Terraria... And he was working on Terraria for the Google Stadia. And for some reason, he cannot access his Google account and hasn't been able to for three weeks. And he's tried to contact Google, but they keep giving him the runaround. And now he's pissed and he had to go to Twitter about it. He cannot access his apps on his Google Play, the movies he's bought through Google, any of his works in Google Docs. Any of his files in Google Drive, he can't do anything. He can't even access his YouTube, his email, Gmail address. He's just completely locked out, and it's un—it's—it's—it's it's, it's unfair. I don't understand why this is happening to him, and it's very random. But um, because he couldn't get them to say anything or answer or help or do anything at all, he just said, "You know what? I absolutely have not done anything to violate your terms of service, so I can take this." No other way than you deciding to burn this bridge. Consider it burned. Terraria for Google Stadia is canceled. My company will no longer support any of your platforms moving forward. So he's basically, you know, and he went on to say that doing business with Google is a liability and they value their customers very little. So, yeah. Now, here's the thing about Google in this case. Um... I feel like on this end, we've gotten as much as we could. Now, I do feel like that they might, there's no excuse for what they're doing. The only the only thing that I could consider is maybe they don't have enough people on call or available to assist, given that we're still in this paragraph, but, um, and a paragraph we're going to be in for a while, considering how packed the Super Bowl stadium was, but, uh, yeah, <sighs> I, um... I got to say, I'm not really in line with making excuses for Google in this situation. I just want to hear them say something. I want to hear their side of it because this is very shitty for something to happen, especially as a Google Drive and Google Docs user myself. Uh, I feel like I feel like this shit's a little foul and it could be better. Um, all in all, I can't really comment more on it. I just feel like this is fucked now. The fact that Google Stadia went under, well, is going under recently, makes me wonder if that has any correlation. I had to think, if you heard me talking slowly for the past, like, 45 seconds to a minute, it's because I had to think about what I was going to say. I didn't know if I wanted to bring that up or not, because I don't want it to be concretely associated 
with the Google status failure, I just want to, you know, make my opinion and possibly consider an assumption or possibility. You know what I mean? So moving on, let's not, you know, really explain ourselves any more than that. Over on Gematsu.com, written by Sal Romano. Basically, just letting it be known that the Demon Slayer game, Kimetsu no Yaiba, a game that's coming out called Hinokami Keputan, officially confirmed for the PS5, the Xbox Series, and Xbox One and PC. So, no PS4 version, which makes sense. That thing is old, and the processor does not hold up, and it's a fair thing to do. But, um, I would be interested to see what a Demon Slayer... Uh, I guess it's going to be a 3D arena fighter would uh, play as, and I would enjoy it. But um, it's not huge news. It's just letting you know that it's coming, but not for PS4. I guess that was the whole article. Only reason I included it is because I'm interested to see the game come and play. Um, Could have used a better choice of words. Over on BoilerDownNews.com, very important site. Really love the layout. It's so simple. It the uh, the aesthetic is minimalism, and they literally section the articles by what's the first, what's the situation, boiling it down to give you a too long didn't read. And thank you for reading. This is a great website. I love it to death. Oh my god, I have my babies. So basically, it go like this. Over on boil it down, article written by. Oh wow, there's no name on the article. So that's kind of polarizing because, yeah, I understand we're not going to attach these opinions to faces, but also this, uh, didn't it help their career in some way and, you know, crediting people's work? Oh, well, whatever. Um, the gaming division of Warner Brothers has decided to patent the Nemesis system from their, uh, Shadow of Mortar games. And I don't mind. I mean, the whole article goes on to kind of take a high road stance on it and get kind of preachy about how greed and selfishness is the direct enemy and antithesis of innovation, etc. So now other gaming companies or developers cannot expand on the idea of the Nemesis system or make it more unique or make it something better in the future. Uh, It's just going to always be that and only that and stuck with them because they're patented. But honestly, I, I got to be honest with you, um, if it is changed and that's transformative enough to not be uh, infringed upon the copyright. But still, you can't just write it off that fast for one and two. The Nemesis system as of now only fits in Shadow of War. Okay, I can only see that working in, say, a good, decent RPG or some kind of like just... Maybe a real-time strategy, you know, Command and Conquer-esque type of uh, game could make use of a Nemesis system. But as of right now, if it's thrown into any other genres, that could be bad, okay? Because one of the drawbacks of the Nemesis system that makes it work well in only two games is the fact that most of the characters fought in the Nemesis system are just computer-generated fodder, you know what I'm saying? So not all of your enemies are going to be, how can you say... They make the orcs unique based on their weaknesses and the strengths that they have. But if you try to do the same thing, it won't translate in other genres, okay? It just won't. Not that well. Maybe in a shooter. And that's a maybe. 
I would like to see the Nemesis system from Team Fortress to be expanded upon. Fuck this one, to be honest. It's neat for two games. But goddamn, the luster wears off on it, especially after two games. I'm actually glad I didn't play the first uh, Shadow of Mortar that much and play War more because War expanded a lot on what Mortar did and I didn't get tired of the formula yet. So, yeah, there you go. Next on the docket, A Kit Guru by Mustafa Mahmoud. Mustafa Mahmoud. Um, basically, it's just stating that Resident Evil 2 Remake is the third best-selling Capcom game ever, which is insane. That means that it had to be up there with, like, Street Fighter 4. And what else would be, like, their number one selling title? Um, Capcom, Capcom. Number one selling title. Mm. The moments when you wish you could say Devil May Cry. Um, number one selling title. I don't recall. It might be Street Fighter 2 shit. But, um, yeah, that's a damn good, them some damn good numbers. And that tells you right there that, um, I believe that the success of Resident Evil 2 Remake is not so much on the remake team. Like, they did a good job not to take anything away from them. But I think the major reason why that remake did so well is because not only was it highly anticipated, but also Resident Evil 2 itself at its core fundamentally in its writing, design, and ideals, and art direction, and plot, and story is already very close to perfection. It was a work of and labor of passion and art from a different era and we got a chance to peek back into that through the lens of modern technology and that was a perfect merriment of flavors spices and nostalgia and that's the 11 herbs and spices that i can get behind bro i don't know why what i just said sound like something that belongs in a commercial but god damn it get us sponsored get this get this channel up there because I, I i i gotta do something for them <laughs> like we gotta get in on that but anyways uh yeah that's the whole article is just saying that they sold well most of these articles i don't have to read in detail um because when it comes to sales numbers if there's something if there's not something like incredibly notable or exceptional about it you just the whole point of the article is just saying okay this game sold as much or more than this game or more than these, you know, that's pretty much the whole, you can sum it all up that way. Anywho's next thing, and I'm so happy about this news. Next thing, Mass Effect Legendary Edition will cut back on the butt shots. Bioware is tweaking Femship's appearance and changing a few camera angles that prioritize butt framing. Article by Andy Chalk over on PCGamer.com. Oh my God, bro, I'm so happy about this. Because when I played Mass Effect, I played the Mass Effect trilogy for the first time in the summer of 2019 and mass effect was something i always wanted to get into and just put it off put it off put it off but i finally played it year before last and i had the trilogy on ps3 for a long time i think i got it like way back in like 2015 and finally plays it finally play it and oh my god i enjoyed myself more in the first story why okay i think i've already told y'all about my adventures with mass effect if you haven't heard of for those who don't know i'll go ahead and let you know for anybody that's new uh for me mass effect was if i had to rank it in the tier list i'd put story wise and lore i would put mass effect one and two equal and three would be a little bit worse but not bad um reason being 
the first one story-wise there was so much deep lore shit that they used to explain and sometimes show as they explain the different races the way they interact with each other everything was unique the voice acting the businesses that you would see them carry out because of their different alien abilities like it's very very good sci-fi to chew on okay now um what was the name of the fucking uh the ai that was on the uh, Cerberus ship in the second game. Um, was it Edie or Edna? Eda? Eda? Some shit. But a the AI bitch, basically. She was insanely cool to me. And it was a great concept of her learning herself, basically. And I found that pretty damn good. Legion was great, too. But, hey, now I just found out that I'm rambling. Let's get back on topic. Um... I enjoyed myself a lot with that entire series, and although the game mechanics got better, the story didn't always get better as it went on, but honestly, in my humble opinion, though, I didn't find the ending of 3 to be so bad. I guess it was just a situation, what they were trying to drive home to me, conceptually, was the futility of choice. And how different branching paths can still lead back to the same thing. And it's supposed to be a metaphorical um, a metaphorical commentary about how we all end up in the same grave at the end of the day. Under the same dirt. Even though we walk different paths in life and make different choices. And that's what it was supposed to be. Like, because literally the end of human life or all human life or as a whole or as an individual is not many options. So, yeah, I find it very fitting, especially seeing as the whole scope of the plot from the first and second game is about how vast life is in that universe. And they punctuated all of that with how short life is, no matter the lifespan and the people that you connected with and care about, you know, like, damn, it it showed life change, end and begin. (laughs) Like, that's a damn good ending, if you ask me. That's not bad writing. I, I feel like it was just a, it came at a time where a lot of gamers were entitled to their features equating to their monetary value of a game. And they feel like they were stripped away or taken away certain features at the last moment. They felt cheated because I had choices all this time and suddenly my choices don't matter. That hurts. But that's another that's another situation where games had good writing that mirrored real life very well and is very down to earth good writing. And gamers did not take to it well because they don't go out and touch no fucking grass. So yeah, makes sense to me. I guess that's why y'all couldn't understand The Last of Us Part Two, fucking degenerates. Next on the docket um damn i ain't even get to the point i hated the fact that miranda's ass was always in the shot bro i didn't find her attractive her face looked like it was molded out of clay with a goddamn soup spoon bitch looked like she got the jaw of captain america bro i did not find her not not saying there's anything wrong with a masculine you know looking woman i'm just saying because that's actually my preference. But the way they pushed her on me was like, I'm going to put the pressure that I felt all my life to be perfect on you too. Because I think that you're the only shepherd that can really give me babies because we're both perfect humans. And it's like, 
bitch, if you don't stop throwing your problems on me and go fuck something already, like, I'm like, you, she may be responsible for her own sexual repressive behavior. <laughs> like, Jesus, bitch. I, I just, I just didn't, I don't know. But it, it, it just wasn't appealing. Uh, her character wasn't that appealing to me. I did like the badassery, but as far as like when she, when she went over into the, how to get intimate phase and flirty phase. Oh, it was terrible. I, I, ugh, it was a turn off immediately. The shit that um, Jack did in Mass Effect Three, uh, uh, when she started getting her feelings. Oh my gosh, she was bitchy. She was moody. She was yelling. She was like, "Motherfucker, tell me how I need to feel about this because I feel about this right now. This is how I feel about you, and we need to sort this shit out right now. Either we need to get the fucking or not at all. Like immediately." And I was like. That second, I was turned the fuck on. I was like, whoa, shit. <laughs> it's like, hey, you need to calm down right now because you're doing things to me. You know what I mean? Like, like the way Jack did it was way hotter and way more believable. It was way more down to earth. It was probably very telling about how normalized... <laughs> uh, um, loud and fiery women have been in my community <laughs> but uh i don't know man it's something about that shit anyway moving on i'm glad it's less miranda ass in the camera because it's like damn do you how much you want to fuck her bro i know i made the joke several times but that's exactly how it was like you want to fuck her now how about now you 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 want it now here goes some more ass cheeks Anyway, next on the docket over on polygon.com written by anna diaz police the police mm. The Fez arrested the sword and shield hacker for selling shiny Pokemon, made over $10,000 selling Pokemon save files. This man is in his bag, and y'all just hating at this point. You got people doing all this stupid political shit on the news. I'm not going to go into detail. For the past two months, y'all want to lock up somebody selling Pokemon, bruh? Pokemon, bruh? Did that hurt anybody? Did he Was he bothering anybody, bro? He was providing a service. Like, come on, bro. This this got to be the most greedy, I'm bored and sitting on my money shit to ever do. Leave that man alone, bro. He providing it for the fiends, bro. See, this is why y'all niggas... Um, uh, ugh, let me hold back. Hold up. My bad. I ain't mean to use that word. But a lot of y'all don't realize what it's like growing... Like, it, all right, if you grew up in the hood, you can't get mad at the dope man because he's providing for the fiends. And the fiends want that. That's what they desire. That's the backbone of a capitalist society. And it's things that we had to accept and build and learn to live in since a birth. God damn it. You have no reason to be hating on somebody that's making their money and doing, using the skills that they have to get by. And whoever dropped a dime on him or made the motion to get him arrested, I hope you get slapped in the face. Or some type of punishment out of that position because, goddammit, you have no right to be focusing on some small fish like that. Leave that man the fuck alone. I mean that shit. Um, over on Ars Technica, written by Kyle Orland. Basically, Borderlands been bought, bro. The studio. Uh, basically, the studio uh, Gearbox Entertainment that did Borderlands which was formerly 2K, I think it was. Yeah, they did Borderlands. But uh, Gearbox has merged with a Swedish holding company, Embracer Group. 
And the um, it says here on the article, the Embracer conglomerate already encompasses dozens of mid-sized game studios under brands like THQ Nordic, Saber Interactive, and Koch Media. Now, I I chose Koch because I don't know if that's Koch or Koch, but anyway, um, the deal is initially worth $363 million in cash and stock, a number that would grow by up to roughly $1 billion if Gearbox meets some ambitious earning goals over the next six years. That represents quite the windfall for Gearbox, roughly 550 employees in Texas and Quebec who have jointly owned the studio since its founding in 99 and will now become significant shareholders and embracer. So, yeah, that's pretty much everything that you need to know on this. Uh, basically, Borderlands um, Studio is moving on over there. They're going to be working together with the Swedish uh, holding company, Embracer Group. And yeah, this is going to be something different. Hopefully, it will work out when uh, Borderlands 4 comes up. And I better see the cover of Borderlands 4 with a dude holding up a 4. The dude got to be holding up a 4, bro. And his thumb needs to be cut off. Or or cut off his pinky and put the other fingers up. And it'll mean 4. <laughs> anyway... All right, moving on. Um, damn, that was the last thing on the docket. Shit. Okay, that was the last thing on the docket, y'all. And the latest news that we have right now. Don't forget to check your Epic Game Store if you are on PC. Even if you're not on PC, go ahead and grab and make an account just in case so you can use it in the future. You never know if you get a PC in the future. You might build one when you feel like it. Who knows? And um, the For the King and what was that other shit that was free this week? Um, See, I forget. Uh, For the King and um, Metro Last Light Redux. So those games are available and you can grab them for free right now. You have until the 11th at 10 a.m. Central to get these games. Okay, so good luck. I mean, it's up to you. I'm sorry if you missed it. Anywho, thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. And be sure to remember that your boy is still out here. We still streaming. Um, We're going to jump into Dandara. Hopefully, I I, I really want to go ahead and stream it tonight. Hopefully, we will. Uh, Some things have to be put in order. But, uh, yeah. And everything will be fine. Next, um... Hopefully, we'll get into this uh, anime real quick. And uh, I want to know if y'all want to do one episode at a time updates on the final season of Attack on Titan. Or do you want to do just one full video on all of my opinions right after the anime ends? You let me know. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. So always remember the channel motto, okay? Intentions are the most important. Actions ain't nothing but loud. And words don't mean a damn thing. All right? If you did like the content, go ahead and give it a like. Leave a comment if you want to see something different or some suggestions that you would like to see. And go ahead and subscribe. Check out my Twitter and follow me to get updates. Or just uh, check out some of the funny shit that I be saying or retweeting. And, um, hey, don't forget to Twitch. Slim Cognito Entertainment. Same name. Also... We got TikTok now. I'm not the best at it yet. So I'm going to keep trying at it. But for right now, go ahead and uh, follow me on TikTok as well. As Slim Cognito ENT. All right. We're going to try to do some TikToks because I have cats that I live with. And they're annoying and they're pieces of shit. So I'm going to go. Y'all take care of yourselves. And peace. Love. Hair grease. I said that wrong as fuck. Anyway, bye.